Well, honestly, from the fear aspect, especially with the LGBTQ community, there's the aspect of they're kind of like a mafia where they, they come to you and they threaten that they, they say, you know, we'll offer you protection. We'll offer you seclusion from the rest of this. We won't attack you. But in exchange, don't cross us. Do you remember the two young men a few weeks ago who were arrested or at least accosted by police outside of one of these drag queen story hours for zero to eight-year-olds outside of a public library in Calgary, Alberta, Canada? Well, I brought them on here today to explain a few things to us, to tell us the story of what happened. If you recall, we did a little coverage of that at LifeSite News, and you saw this mob of Antifa there protesting them. But they weren't arrested. They weren't charged by police, as was one of the young men. What happens here? What's going on in Canada? These are young men. They're inspiring young men. You know what? These young men, I had a conversation with them, which I'm going to let you into now. They were inspired also by Josh Alexander. One of them, though, is probably pretty well known to many of us in that he is the son of Archer Pavlovsky. Nathaniel Pavlovsky, 23-year-old, is the son of Arthur Pavlovsky, who I've had on the show before. He was the one who was strident that his church would stay open and that the authorities had no right during COVID to say, you know, shut down, we're not going to let you meet. And he was standing up for the truth. He was arrested kind of brutally. He was jailed. But you know, watching that example has inspired greatness in his son. And there's another young man here whose name is Declan Friesen. He's only 18, and he too has been inspired by his dad. So these are young men standing up for the faith. What were they arrested for? Well, they were praying, they were reading the scriptures, and they were preaching outside. And they were preaching, no, not a message of hatred, but a message of love. And yeah, about the truths of Christ, but willing to take the label, willing to take the stigma for the love they have for others, especially the love they have for Jesus Christ. Stay tuned for this episode of The John Henry Weston Show. Hey friends, before we continue, you need to know of a crazy new development. Some of the largest stores in the world are now sending opt-out messages ahead of Mother's Day allowing consumers the opportunity to ignore Mother's Day and to avoid honoring their own mothers during the month of May. I'm not even kidding. The month of May is especially sacred as we set May apart to honor not only all mothers, but also the mother of God, Mary Most Holy, and our own mothers too, obviously. Therefore, in ignoring Mother's Day in May, it's a scandal. And my pledge to you from all of us here at LifeSite is that we will never stop honoring the unique role of motherhood as woke elites reduce all mothers to birthing persons. If you agree that motherhood is sacred, empower us at LifeSite to proclaim the value of motherhood this month with renewed force and faithfulness. Big tech and mainstream media believe themselves powerful enough to ignore the very base that supports them. But unlike them, we at LifeSite honor you. We pray for you. We celebrate motherhood in our mission to build a pro-life generation for our children and grandchildren. During the month of May, donate to LifeSite News in the honored memory of your mother, living or deceased, knowing that LifeSite will pray for you and your mother 
And if you'd like, we will send you a card telling your mom of your donation in her honor. So please be sure to leave your name and your mother's name in the donation form in the link below. Thank you for choosing LifeSite, and may we honor all of our mothers during the month of May, especially our Heavenly Mother. Declan, Nathaniel, welcome to the program. Thank you for having us. Thanks for having us. Let's begin as we always do at the sign of the cross. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. So, you two are quite exceptional. I think most people would think, oh, they can't even exist. You are faithful, pro-life, pro-God, Canadian young men. They didn't know that was possible. But uh, we do very much here at LifeSite News. If you can, for those who haven't seen, I, we, I've already covered your story once at LifeSite. I've done a video on it already when you released your own video. But tell us, uh, if you can, just tell us what happened from the beginning. Sure. Well, we decided to go to a drag event because what led to it was a pastor by the name of Derek Reimer was opposed to this agenda, this drag reading story hour shows for children. And he was arrested several times now. You've covered that as well. And we decided as young people that we're going to get involved. We're going to use the momentum of what's been happening in Ontario. Some of the students, their walkout, their uh they're opposing this agenda. And as young people, we're not, we're not okay with this agenda. It's being shoved down our throats on every, every facet of society is just shoving this down our throats. And we're, we've had enough of it. So we decided to oppose this through preaching and Bible reading and prayer. So we organized a vigil at one of these events and we decided to go down there and we just did our thing. We've read the Bible, we preached. And uh, I mean, you saw in the video, we were detained and Declan received the charge. He was uh, written up a ticket and they threatened me. They said they'd be coming to my home with these charges and uh, they haven't done so yet. So I'm still waiting hmm. for that. Now, Declan, you got, you got charged. Um, give us the background here because as I saw the video, yeah, you're preaching, but there's a whole bunch of others what might seem like protesters. They're protesting you for sure, but they're all out there as well, right in the same vicinity of that library. I'm actually very surprised I even got through my message. Usually uh, something will happen that'll make sure that it ends. But uh, today or the day of that happening, I did get through it. And I made sure that I mostly read from the Bible, that 70% of what I said was from the Bible and the rest was just leading up to it, you know, connecting different verses. So, yeah, honestly, I, was, I wasn't surprised by the response I got. I wasn't surprised that none of them were ticketed or, or charged with anything. Um, we, kind of, we kind of expected it to go a lot worse than it did. It actually went very well. I, we actually went into it expecting to be arrested, but uh, we were only charged and ticketed. So, but yeah, no, it, it does, it does show the double standard because Antifa, these pro LGBT activists were protesting us and the law states, I mean, th this law came into effect after Derek Reimer's first arrest, this mm -hmm. rogue mayor in the city of Calgary decided to pass an unconstitutional bylaw that states you're not allowed to protest if you have certain beliefs. So if you're a Christian and you want to protest against a drag event, you're not allowed within 100 meters of that event. Even though you're on public ground, public sidewalk, that's protected by the Charter of Rights and Freedoms, you're not allowed to do that, according to them. Um, so it, it shows okay. that... Let's get down to specifics. What's your, what's your mayor's name there? 
Mayor Joydi Gondek. Okay. So Joydi Gondek has made a law that basically targets only Christians of a certain belief, a true belief, the belief in the truths that Jesus Christ actually taught. What's what's the specifics of the law there? Well, it says you're not allowed to protest against someone's race, religion, sexual orientation um, within 100 meters of a public facility. So these events were happening in public libraries. That's, by the way, funded by taxpayer dollars. These drag shows are funded by taxpayer dollars. And we're also not okay with that. Yeah. And, mm -hmm. and our money is going towards this, and we don't agree with this agenda. It goes against our religious beliefs. So we were there to protest. But this law states you're not allowed to do that. Yeah, and that's the reason the officer gave me when he handed me the ticket. He said it's because you spoke against a sexual preference. So I had mentioned that we don't agree that drag queens should be sexualizing children. That's why I was ticketed. So this is super interesting because, as we said in the beginning, these protesters, a whole bunch of them, how many, do you have some idea of how many there were, like seven, eight? Uh, on our side, there was about... No, on, on their side, that is. Oh, on their side? No, there was 30, 40, around that, oh, yeah. Oh, really? That many? Okay, so 30, 40. Again, they're outside the building. But didn't the bylaw say that you couldn't protest religion either? Yeah, I'm sure, Absolutely. sexual, whatever, whatever. Yeah, and they were protesting us. They were protesting your religion. That's what you're preaching. You're not there. You're not there going, no, I, Declan, because of me. No, you were there representing the Christian religion. Yep. Reading from the scriptures. and So it's a double standard. It is illegal. They're even going against their own bylaw. That's just quite incredible. But continue from there. Yeah, so uh, this law was not applied. We asked several times the officers if they would be applying this law to the other side, to the Antifa activists, and they assured us that they would be enforcing this law impartially and they're going to go investigate them. So we stayed till the end. We waited for these officers to go cite them, just like they charged us, and they didn't do, they didn't do that. So it shows a clear double standard. No, and as soon as we finished preaching and speaking, we were pulled aside by the police and said, okay, they actually claimed at first that I was going to be arrested and detained, but uh, then it ended up just being a ticket. But as soon as we finished talking, as soon as we were done, we were pulled aside immediately. There was no hesitation. Yeah. Wow. Now, um, this drag queen story or whatever they call it, are they restricting the ages of kids here? Like what what ages of children are allowed to see this horrific thing? It is zero to eight years old. It's all, it's all ages, yeah. but this specific one that we were protesting, preaching, actually, we weren't even really protesting, we were just preaching our religion, uh, was for zero to eight-year-olds. Yeah. Wow. Wow. It's stunning that this can even go on, but it's very heartening to have young people here. Now, are you guys at... Um, I guess, Declan, you might still be uh, at school of some kind where you're interacting with us. No, I am graduated now. Are you but, graduated uh, already? Okay. Now, were you guys strong in your beliefs while you were in high school as well? Yes. All yeah. through my childhood, okay. yes. Okay. So did you have interactions with your fellow students? I mean, it's very interesting to learn of this because, uh, first of all, were you at a Christian school or were you at a, uh, like a public school? I personally was homeschooled. And you've ah. been in private school. I, I went to a public private high school and I mm -hmm. actually recently graduated from university. So I've okay. had a taste of everything. 
Okay. So let's then concentrate on that. The interactions you had with other young people at the university, how did that go? I mean, did you make your beliefs known? Um, you know, what happened there? Well, with my last name, it's a little more complicated. Uh, I tried to keep my head down for the first two years of my degree because I, I wanted to just finish my degree, get the grades, not really stir the waters. But then, of course, COVID happened and you couldn't really stay on the fence any longer. You had to choose a side. It was you're thrown into this and your beliefs have to be made known or you're not going to survive this. So I after my second year, COVID happened, I had to make my beliefs known. I was against the the coercion that the, the school was placing on me to take certain medical procedures that I disagreed with, to wear certain things on my face that I disagreed with. Uh, so I was at war with the university for a while. And ev everyone knew my last name, everyone knew my beliefs already. And then after that second year, I could really I really said, well, I have nothing else to lose anyways. The professors know me. They're going to be biased against me anyways. The students know me. They they hate me either way, so I might as well just make it all known. And that's when I started to hold debates on campus and really start to stir the waters there. Ah, okay. So tell us about that. A lot of young people are, um, you know, intimidated. They want to speak the truth. And I know... People are different. Not everyone's called to. Some people are honestly called to pray. Some people aren't given the gift of speech or an ability to speak well. You both have, praise God. But we're not talking about everybody. But we are talking about being able to give witness to the truth prudently as you're called to. But there's a lot of intimidation. How do you overcome that? What are your suggestions for engaging with peers? Uh, my suggestion would be the Bible says that if you acknowledge me before my father in heaven, Jesus said this, I will acknowledge you before my angels in the presence of my father. And that's really what I come back to when I think about these things. Everything on earth, everything in front of your peers, or your friends is very temporary. The people around you in a couple of years, it's not going to matter. And it doesn't honestly matter now. What matters is that you testified of the truth and that you spoke of God correctly and that your conscience is clear. Honestly, I would rather be embarrassed in front of people then violate my conscience before God. And it, it is difficult nowadays. There's cancel culture. There's this whole system that's designed to silence you and your beliefs. Anything that goes contrary to what they want, their narrative is heavily attacked and silenced. But the Bible says if you know how to do good and you choose not to do it, that's evil in the sight of God. So you have to, even if you don't have the gift of speech, well, Moses didn't either, but yet he was called by God. So Everyone has a part to play in this. And young people, if we don't start standing up for this, I mean, our future's done. We're done for. This, we're heading towards a point of no return. We're not there yet. There's always hope. But we have to start standing up now. And if we don't do that, our country's already in a huge mess. And we have to combat that. So one of the things that I loved when I saw you speaking, Declan, was that you spoke about the truths as they truly are. But you did so in love and you told them you don't hate them. You want the best for them. Uh, you yeah. want eternal life for them. And so that I think is beautiful. It's also kind of hard to argue with, you know, <laughs> but they're coming at you anyway with a lot of hatred and with a lot of condemnation. But it doesn't matter. The message was beautiful. 
Yeah, obviously, hate the sin and not the sinner. Jesus said to go and make disciples, go and preach the gospel. So when we preach these things, yes, we're going to call out wickedness. We're going to say, yes, this is wrong. This is wicked in the sight of God. This is not okay. But we're also going to come back with a, a message of salvation, that there is hope. You can be free from this. There is a way out of this. Yes, this is darkness, but there is a way to be saved. I think that's very important. It's one thing to say, you know, this is evil and we stand against this. But I think as Christians, it's extremely important that we follow it up with Jesus is the answer and the way to be saved. Indeed, indeed. How do you think it would be best to reach out to young people? Um, they're a hard crowd. They're fed, honestly, hell on a, in every medium today. It's just incredible. They get total distortion from everything. Um, they're fed, you know, um, from the mainstream media and even from public officials, they're fed lies that oh, yeah. a lot of people know are lies. How do you think yeah. it's best to reach them? Well, you're right. They're attacked on every level, even their school systems, their teachers, their peers, social media, everything. So I think the best way to reach them is, first of all, if you're a parent, it's important that you teach your child the ways of God. Teach your child to walk in the ways of righteousness and he will not depart from it, the Bible says. So it starts in the home. So it starts with not just giving your child to anyone to let anyone teach your child. It's very important that you as a parent, as a role model, God gave you that child as a gift. It's important that you it starts there. Um, as to teenagers now that are already kind of been ushered into this cult is what it is. Honestly, me and Nathaniel are trying in every aspect. We're trying social media. We're going out and preaching. But the best way I would say is to keep speaking, to not stop and not give up. Yeah. And here's the thing. Our generation has, I believe they're so sick of everything they're being shoved down their throats, right? It just lies, perversion. And I believe they're starting to have enough of this. I mean, you can only push them to such a point because the truth eventually will get out. The truth is attractive, right? Mm -hmm. human, human beings gravitate towards this truth. And after being fed the lies for so many years, you start to feel that depravity and you start to hunger after. If you've been fed the world for so long and you experimented with everything, you've tried everything to fill that void in you, eventually you're going to realize, well, none of this is filling the void. There's something more. There's more meaning to this life. And I believe they're going to come to, to know Jesus, to know the truth. Uh, but we just have to keep speaking the truth. Hello, friends. To celebrate the momentous overturning of Roe v. Wade, we at LifeSite have minted just under 10,000 of these brand new limited edition pro-life silver rounds. Now, each round is stamped with the image of the Supreme Court of the United States featuring the date that the High Court delivered this historic victory. And on the front of our pure silver rounds, LifeSite's logo surrounded by a brilliant sunburst and draped with olive branches. They, of course, commemorate our 25-year anniversary of LifeSite News. We began in 1997 in September, so September of 2022 was 25 years. These one ounce silver rounds are available from our partners at stjosephspartners.com where you can fulfill all of your silver and gold needs in this perilous time. May God bless you. You know, I had a conversation here with my studio manager uh, and he told me about three aspects that the world kind of uses now to work on us. And they are fear and confusion and lust all sort of working together to, uh, you know, totally destabilize culture. Obviously, with the whole COVID thing and with the, you know, the, the 
environmental crisis and blah, 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 climate change is going to end the planet. We've been using fear for so long. I mean, it's, it's got to such an extreme state during COVID. That was really the, if anybody didn't believe they were using fear porn, it's been called or whatever, um, they could see it then. And then massive, massive confusion um, everywhere and just lying from our politicians, even blatantly so when they've said one thing, you know, 10 minutes later, they say something else. But then it's funny because it comes into this culture that's already so polluted with lust, like so many people, especially young men, addicted to porn and whatever else. And all of that makes for human beings who just can't think straight anymore. I'd yeah. love to hear your thoughts on that. Well, honestly, from the fear aspect, especially with the LGBTQ community, there's the aspect of they're kind of like a mafia where they, they come to you and they threaten that they say, you know, we'll offer you protection. We'll offer you seclusion from the rest of this. We won't attack you. But in exchange, don't cross us. OK, because if you cross us, there's a lot of us and we've got the muscle and power. We will cancel you. We'll do whatever. We'll make your life miserable. So they kind of act like the mafia in that way where it's a threat. You better support us. You better be an ally. So there is a huge fear factor hanging over people where you don't want to speak against us because we'll do exactly what happened to us during when we were preaching. You know, I was I started with a prayer and you it's it's loud on the video, but in, in real life the screams that came up, they will attack you with full force. But the Bible says that God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and sound mind. And that's important to remember when they come at you with this, that, okay, the one who is with me is greater than he who is on the earth. I think that's very important to remember. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the West has gravitated towards this sexual perversion. This, uh, I believe it's a spirit of sexual confusion. You know, men can be women, women can be men this gender bending, mutilating children, changing their gender, putting them on hormone blockers. It's all designed to pervert what God created, pervert that family unit, because a, a strong family means a strong economy, strong middle class, strong nation. Uh, our country was built on Judeo-Christian values, and they just want to do everything in their power to pervert that. And an easy way to do that is through lust, is through sexual perversion. That's what a lot of scholars say that's what crumbled the Roman Empire. That's what crumbled Babylon, sexual perversion. And that's what we're seeing in Canada and the United States today. Yeah. It's incredible that, you know, that sort of lay the foundation for going more and more crazy. Uh, you know, when you guys were still children and this war was being fought, a lot of people warned, we're going to get to a day when there won't only be same-sex marriage, there will be just pedophilia even. And people were like, Oh, come on. That's so extreme nonsense. We'll never get there. And as we went year by year, sure enough, in came gay marriage, first unions, then marriage. And now, now what are they talking about? The UN just released a document talking about openness to pedophilia, to yeah. adults having sexual relations with children. Complete insanity. Yeah. And we made the mistake of we don't recognize it as a as a spirit, as a spiritual force. Mm -hmm. In the beginning, we'd say, oh, they only want gay marriage, but it, it does escalate because there is a spirit behind it. Yes, it actually does want to harm the children. It wants to harm the whole family. And it's it's kind of like COVID was in that way, where at the beginning it's, well, we only need 15 days and then mm -hmm. it escalates to where we're in this for two years. It's the same, it's the same spirit behind it where we only want gay marriage oh, we, we only want to do drag shows in front of your children. Oh, we only want to legalize pedophilia because love is love. 
and we don't attack it in the spirit realm. We just say, well, slippery slope fallacy, but it's not a fallacy. We've seen it's proven to be true. If you give them an inch, they'll take a mile. You give them a finger, they'll take your hand. And it's like with Nazi Germany, it didn't just happen overnight. That was a long agenda. That took actually years in the making of indoctrinating the youth and uh, changing society, influencing this one little law at a time. And then eventually you're just numb and immune to all of this and you just start to accept it because it comes in incrementally slowly. And that's what's happening today. They're just trying to normalize this and get us used to the fact that this is going to happen, but it, it comes slowly and people, unfortunately, they're buying it because it's coming in so slowly that they're blind to it. Indeed. I think what you said there, Declan, um, is super important. The spiritual reality behind this. These aren't just angry men and women, you know, feeling that their rights have been hurt or whatever, whatever. There is a spirit behind it, just as there is a spirit behind abortion. Because a lot of people think, you know what, with enough political clout and maneuvering and smarts and, you know, um, we have to play the political game. We're going to get there. We're going to defeat abortion. We're going to defeat this LGBT agenda because it's all a political game. And we have to compromise and we have to do what we can with the parties and work in them. I'm not saying that we shouldn't do any of those things. But if you don't recognize first and foremost that this is a spiritual battle, you've already lost. Yeah, 100%. I mean, the Bible says that the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy and, and you see that immediately they, they demand an audience with children, right? They demand, they demand that you not be a man like God appointed you be a man to be the forefront, the protector of the family. They, they want an audience with children. In fact, they want it to be legal where a child can identify as a certain thing or get an abortion. Their parents never need to know. They can talk to their teacher. They want to separate the child from the family because it is about destruction, destruction of the family and ultimately destruction of these people's lives and souls. The devil wants us all dead. So if he can't get to the children through murdering them through abortion, well, then he's going to indoctrinate them after so that he can make them their, his slaves. Mm -hmm. well, one of the things that is uh, very difficult to, in today's day and age, and, and I'm speaking to two young men, is exactly that. The man standing up and doing what he needs to do for faith, for family, and standing up and being a leader and that's challenging today because we're not taught that. In fact, you're taught the opposite. But more than that, a man is called to be the spiritual leader of his home. Now, I know, uh, Nathaniel, your dad is Artur Pavlovsky uh, and, uh, you know, a, a preacher who is very uh, willing to speak the truth, uh, even amidst the hardships of COVID. Um, but tell me for you too, what does that mean to you to be the spiritual leader of your home? Well, right now we see that there's no men in Canada. There's no men in the West. If you have strong men, you have strong society. God has a certain purpose for men. And that is to be the defenders, the provider, the head of the household. And right now we have, we see that being perverted completely. It's, it's switched so that women are put on this pedestal and men are berated and said they're lesser. Um, you know, they use buzzwords like toxic masculinity and stuff because they want to destroy strong men. If you have strong men, you have a strong nation. 
you have men that are willing to fight against this and stand up. And we don't have men in this country anymore. There's no men. They're not fighting. They're not standing up. We have a bunch of women. We have a bunch of boys. And that has to change. We need the men to start rising up because if we don't have men to fight this, then who's going to fight for us? Yeah. I mean, a great influence on what we did when we were ticketed was our fathers, your father, obviously, Archie Pulaski. My father has been arrested for in the city of Calgary for preaching and for honking when during COVID it was illegal to honk in Calgary. We've had some crazy laws in this yeah. city, by the way. Yeah. And, and we wanted to organize an event where we, we were seeing some chatter where people saying, well, we're just brainwashed by our fathers and we don't have any free will or choice in this. And and they're calling all the shots. We're like, no, actually, we're men now, too. And our fathers have given us an excellent example. We're going to go and preach. And so it was a it was a great thing to draw on. My dad was actually there at the time, but he he wanted to leave all the preaching and the speaking to us. And that was a that was a really encouraging thing to have my dad there because I've seen him speak and stand up for this. And it's extremely important to have. I, I have a great mother. I have a great father. Both are extremely important. But I've seen my dad stand up for righteousness and, and say, this is wicked and I will not stand for it as a Christian. And that's a huge thing when you're when you see your father do that for you. We have very little to gain from doing this. And we're just following the examples that our fathers set before us because there's no one standing up. There's no men that are willing to stand up. So we have to, unfortunately, we have to take up the mantle and do this because no one else is doing it. Our country is run by psychopaths who are dressing in pink high heels doing some seance around walking around. I mean, that's what our politicians are doing. That's what our country's run, run by. And it's pathetic. We need we need men to start rising up. So we decided to take that upon ourselves. Now, those that you're referring to, in fact, I'm going to get them to play a little clip of that here. These are not just any politicians. These are our conservative politicians prancing around in pink or red high-heeled shoes, whatever they're wearing there. I mean, it's beyond, It's you can't laugh at this. This is so sad. These are our conservatives. Um, and that's why, you know, I hear you when you say there's no men. It's like, where are they standing up for anything? But again, come back to the real truth. No one's going to stand up against a spirit of wickedness if they don't even recognize that this is a spiritual battle. And so, yeah, the powers of Satan are much, much stronger than that of men. They're superior beings. But we have all grace, all truth through Jesus Christ and an ability to vanquish Satan with Christ that, you know, Satan doesn't stand a chance. So there's a lot to stand up for. Any final thoughts for Canada, for where we are as Canada and for young people? I believe it's a time where to be a good man, it's not enough to just have those beliefs and keep them to yourselves in the household. You have to bring that into the public square because we're in a point right now where if you don't start doing that, you don't start presenting the lie or pre presenting the truth to the lie, well, then the lie wins. So it's not enough to be a good man. You have to be a strong man. Yeah. And right now we're, we're calling on young people to join in this because that's what we, we need. We need the young people to start rising up. Every movement, every significant movement started with the young people, believe it or not, university students, civil rights movement in the United States, solidarity movement in Poland. You need the students, you need the young people to join this. And that's what we're here to talk about. Yeah, I don't want it to be said. People will say, well, I don't want to be too loud. I don't want to be too offensive. I don't want to 
essentially just offend people. And I, I said it in my speech on that day. I said, if someone is on a train track and a train is coming, it's not the time to think, well, I don't want to hurt their feelings by raising my voice. I don't want to offend them by saying, hey, you're, you're literally on the wrong track. You need to move out of the way. I'm not going to be shamed for saying, okay, you're about to get really hurt. This lifestyle, this path you're on, this path our country's on, this is bad. And, uh, and it's, it's a mistake to say, well, I want to live and let live. I, I'm just going to leave them be. And you're going to be responsible for the thing that happens next, the course of action that takes place after because you said nothing. And I, I don't want that to be said of me. The truth is offensive. Jesus was offensive. Now it's time to speak up. Yeah. Do what he did. Absolutely. And it is a message of love. So it's, it's really strange people feeling that, you know, oh, I don't want to offend people. The whole message is love. It's about love. It's speaking up like the courageous dad who says, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. I care about you enough to tell you that this is harmful for you. Yep. You might call me a hater, bigot. You might get arrested. You might get charged. God knows what might happen to us in the very near future. Your dad was arrested in, in brutal ways. That Look what happened to Pastor Reimer. These things get physical. Your dad, when he was arrested in the middle of the highway there, like a, like a common bandit stopped. I mean, it looked like a police station. That was, you know, done not only to hurt, which they did hurt him throwing him. I remember talking to your dad about how they threw him into the police car, uh, like upside down sort of, and then left him in the horrible cell. I mean, actual physical persecution meant to break you down. But you're standing in that shadow cast by your dad and a, a very strong example. It's beautiful to see the both of you not taking his place because he's still there, but coming up uh, in, in uh, the courage that he's shown and taking example from that. It's absolutely beautiful. You guys are running uh, some kind of a blog or something like that. Tell us about it. Where can people uh, get in touch? Yeah, we started something called True Dominion Canada. You can go to truedominioncanada.ca or we're on YouTube, Rumble. Actually, Rumble is preferred right now because YouTube censors a lot. Uh, but we're on everything, Twitter and uh, all of it. So we we do like podcast type short videos. And uh, ultimately, what we want to do is activism. So we want to gain garner the attention of the young people so that we can actually start tangibly doing stuff to help better our nation, to stand for our rights and freedoms, to stand for moral truths. And that's what we're we're doing. Yeah, we see a lot of wonderful organizations in America and we see a lot of groups for young people. Uh, we don't see it so much in Canada and we'd love to have more of that in Canada for the young people. Amen to that. Um, true Dominion, what does that mean? Well, we, we used to be the Dominion of Canada. Now our Dominion has been hijacked. So we want to we want to bring Canada back to its true dominion. Uh, you know, it's based off that psalm that says we will have dominion from sea to sea. And while well, we lost it, well, we want to bring it back. Amen to that. For God and country. Awesome. Nathaniel Declan, so good to be with you both. God bless you. Thank you so God much. Bless. God bless. And God bless all of you. And we'll see you next time.
Hi, everyone. This is John Henry Weston. We hope you enjoyed this program. To see more like it, be sure to hit the subscribe button below to get all the latest content from LifeSite News. Check the links in the description to read more and connect.